The Angie's List you know and trust is now Angie, and we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews, but now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today. Life is full of personal wins, whether it's cleaning your house, getting that dream car, or checking off your to-do list. Winning at life is a great feeling. And with the State Farm Personal Price Plan, you can keep winning when you create an affordable price just for you by bundling home and auto. So give yourself a round of applause. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with a personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. Welcome to the Nerdist Podcast number 637. Uh, I have the events. I have uh, the Nerdist, what am I calling it? The Nerdist, Nerdist Community Corkboard. Yep, that was it. Nerdist Community Corkboard, which, uh, you know, send us your event or thing you want to help promote as long as you're not a... As long as you're not a big company and you're just a, a doer who's out there trying to yep. get some attention and make stuff happen, we're gonna we've we've opened up the corkboard to you, so we're not just promoting our own stuff selfishly. Um, so uh, here's a couple things that I got at uh, events at nerdist.com. Events at nerdist.com. Uh, nice uh, nice seeming fellow by the name of Robert Duff says uh, I have a I have an ebook called Fuck Anxiety. Uh, <laughs> love the show, longtime fan, occasional commenter. <laughs> And uh, this is his thing. He's 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 written. He's a therapist. He's written a self help book for people that hate self help books. Uh, it has a lot of. And he as a quick to point out it has a lot of swearing. It's called Hardcore Self Help. Fuck anxiety. Uh, that I, really sounds like a book for me. I'm already on board. I'm like already on that, board. That's perfect. Yeah. So uh, that's that's Robert Duff. You can get it on Amazon or go to hardcoreselfhelp.com. Lauren Bach and Bridget Fahey. They're going to be at the Adelaide Fringe. They're going to be performing at the uh, Producers Bar. The Cranny, uh, that's on uh, Grenfell Street, which means a lot to you uh, if you are in Adelaide. <laughs> February 28th, March 1st, 3rd through 8th, 10th through 15th, uh, 6 p.m. The show's 50 minutes. And uh, yeah, if you go to Adelaide Fringe site, then, uh, you know, go, go see comedy anyway. Anyway, go to the Adelaide Fringe anyway. And yeah, also fun. see uh, Bridget and Lauren. Also, at VHS Dude on Twitter, there's a guy named Ralph. He's doing a showing of the Zucker Abrams classic Top Secret on Saturday, February 21st at 10 p.m. at the Frida Cinema in Orange County. It's a 300-seat theater, and uh, he's uh, just looking for more people to come out to see Top Why would you not want to go see Top Secret? You know, I have to say, a couple, couple sketch fests ago in San Francisco mm-hmm. at the Castro Theater, we showed uh, Airplane, and then oh, had man. the Zucker Brothers and Jim Abrams and Robert Hayes on the panel. And seeing a movie like that, I mean, it's fun to watch on your own. But in the theater with other people. But seeing it in the theater with other people and the jokes hold up and everyone's a hit. And I'm pretty sure they've screened Top Secret at Sketchfest too. So go to see at VHS Dude, as he's known on Twitter, uh, screen uh, Top Secret. February 21st at 10 p.m. at the Free Cinema in Orange County. That's awesome. This episode is Ari Shafir. He's promoting his new special Paid Regular, available now on his site, arishafir.com. That's A-R-I-S-H-A-F-F-I-R. Uh, and a show this is not happening on Comedy Central Thursdays at midnight thirty is I, I believe how he described show. it. Yeah, love that show. Ari's a great comic and a, and a good dude, and uh, and I, he's never been on the podcast before. Yeah. And this this one took a turn that I did not expect, and it was uh, it was really fun. 
because Ari has a very interesting history and that I was actually, I feel like I should have been aware of, but I wasn't. So uh, we go down some uh, interesting different paths this episode of this podcast, so I hope you enjoy it. This podcast number 637 with Ari Shafir. Now entering Nerdist.com. of a conversation as I was walking. Was it a ghost story? No, no, no. It's just that thing where, where you, you just hear a segment of something and then you go, well, I, I would love to know what the context of that was. What was the segment? It was just, it was a lady talking on the phone outside saying, you know she's a lesbian, you know she's a stud, what's the problem? <laughs> and I just wanted to fill in the rest of that. Narrative. What'd she do? What did the stud lesbian do? I don't know. Get that. But it was you cool. What I'm, whatever. I'm putting it was. my money on that was one of the people at Relativity, and they were talking about a catfish. <laughs> oh, you think so? Because they make catfish here. Yeah. Oh, wait. There's a show about catfishing. Yeah, called Catfish. Wait, hold on. Catfish, the TV show. It's Same about guys. Same misleading guys. people into thinking you're yes. in love with someone. Wow, what? Have you not seen this show? No. It's one of my favorite programs. It's on MTV. I've never seen. How do no, they I know, know you're going to be catfished? The, I, do, I, know the, I know the guys who did the movie Catfish. Yes, yeah, same guys. They're very nice guys. Yeah. And, uh, but I've not actually seen the MTV version. Is it, do they try to catfish people or they no, film no, catfishers in action? They, what happens is people who think they're being catfished will reach out to the show. Uh, and sometimes what happens is people who are catfishing will reach out to the show and go like, listen, I want to come clean. So you just follow those two stories along. What if it's an actual catfish? I like what if they go? He's trying like, to pull a catfish the, and it's falling in love with you. This, this you are now watching Mad TV. <laughs> are watching Mad TV. Shot on this lot. <laughs> it all comes back around. It comes oh yeah, what shot on this lot? I saw yeah. the Strokes here at Mad yeah. TV once. You did? Yeah, Bobby invited us. Oh my god! Wow. You did he take this? his dick out? He, not that episode, but Drew Barrymore was there too when she was dating one of those Strokes guys, and we're like, "Oh my god, we're staying next to Drew Barrymore." Oh wow! So I'm actually surprised strokes. Bobby didn't take his dick out. Then, <laughs> yeah, we're he talking, of course, about Bobby guys. Lee, who uh, will uh, periodically take his penis out. He's a known dick taker outer. <laughs> not even. I don't even think it's periodically. I feel like it's. Pretty <laughs> Maybe often. I should have said who periodically doesn't take his dick yes. out. Is that a little he, more? He's been known to have left it in <laughs> <laughs> once in a while. <laughs> Where do, I don't, I feel like I've known you for like fifteen years. Like Probably just since, since open mic, since Bruco, since Bruco, fifteen years. Yeah, yeah, about about fifteen years. Is that where you started? Yeah, when I came here to do to do comedy, and that was one of the first open mics. What a great open mic it was! Wow, that's amazing. That really was a great. What a great first open mic to have. Yeah. I mean, there was other shitty ones. The Valley ones were awful. Because before Bruco, it was at another place. Gypsy. Uh, it was at the Gypsy Cafe in Westwood. That's when I started. Yeah. That's yeah. when I started. Yeah, I met you there, and then it moved over to, what, to Bruco. Moved over to Bruco because the, uh, the Gypsy Cafe uh, got overrun by um, uh, angry uh, Persian teenage gentleman who did not wish to be told to not talk out during the show and got very confrontational Sabotage with open micers. What do you expect from a place called the Gypsy? <laughs> well, yeah. it wasn't. <laughs> I went there once, like to smoke hookahs once. Oh yeah, yeah, like later. Yeah, yeah. They, there were there were a lot of almost altercations between um, the sort of uh, the posturing young uh, Persian teenage. Did anything gentleman. move into Bruco? 
Mm, I don't know. I no, that's a new vacant, place now. Right? Oh, it, really? I, I Last I saw it was vacant. Oh. I haven't been to Westwood in so long. I, I honestly don't know. It's it's a lot families of and college kids. You know, I think when I was in Westwood, I sort of had this feeling like, I'll always come here. <laughs> I'm glad I don't. It's so in between. If you're going to go out that way, go to Santa Monica. <laughs> if you're going to go that far west, just, <laughs> yeah, just go, go an extra few miles. Me, guys, I go to West L.A. No further than uh, Victory Boulevard. <laughs> well, it. it's hard. You know, there's only, you know, like West Side comedy is scarce. I know there are some shows on the West Side, but, um, but when I was doing open mics, there were definitely maybe three that I could think of. There you know, was O'Brien's. They don't need to laugh over there. Novel Cafe was the worst one around the corner from O'Brien's. That was awful. Oh, I never went to that one. You've missed Did you ever nothing. go to um, the Unurban? Yeah, the Unurban oh, I've done with it. Pam. Yeah. I like that one. Yep. I like that one, actually. Yeah. yeah. That was sort of more... Unurban was also... That, that, that sort of got re- some more like performance art stuff too. It mm-hmm. wasn't yeah. just some some poets. Some yeah. It wasn't just stand up. It wasn't just stand up. Stand up with visual. But that at least they had a supportive uh, owner who just liked there being comedy there. And yeah. no, and a, a lot of places they tolerate it right. until yeah. been until Bruto, something happens. I feel like towards the end there, Bruco. They didn't even know what was going on upstairs. People just walk through and go upstairs. Yeah, no bartenders no ever. It was a three story bar, and there were two little performance spaces. There was one nicer performance space with an actual stage, and then the room that we did the open mic in all the time was basically just like a small conference room. I don't know what else to yeah, yeah. yeah. conference room. When the gypsy lost me. Was when they started char- saying you have to buy something, and half of us were so poor yeah. that it was like. Well, oh, that's man. the thing is that a lot of these places will allow an open mic because they think, oh, well, a lot of people will be here, and they <laughs> like, don't realize like none of these people are going to buy anything. <laughs> no, Most of these people are going to bring their own stuff. They're living they're, on a couch. They're just there yeah. to go up for three, five, three to five we minutes. Tried. I remember once when I was running the open mic at Meltdown, we did like a Toys for Tots thing, and like if you brought a toy, you'd get a guaranteed spot. Yeah, and, uh, two people. Brought, brought toys. toys. And was like, wow. Come on, guys. Like, <laughs> Please. Yeah, I gave them five minutes. Just each. a little bit of a... Instead of three? Yeah. <laughs> You're like, you know what? like, listen. <laughs> but yeah, so I feel like the guy, the, the group that I associated you, the the guys that I thought that I saw you, I assumed that you were running with was uh, you and David Taylor yeah. and Nick Youssef. Yeah. And it was basically guys that would go on to be co- like the comedy store guys. Yeah. Like comedy store crowd. Is that accurate? Yeah, we were comedy store guys. We didn't also didn't know what we were doing, so we felt like fighting was the best way to get a, <laughs> to, to, to make a way for ourselves. Let's shit on some people here or something. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I remember there was one. I remember there was one show, and I the audience. I don't think it was at Bruco. I don't remember where it was, but the audience was not cooperating yeah. with the show. And David Taylor Taylor would light people up. He said something like, "Um." You guys don't even understand, but what I'm picturing right now is all of your blood bathing <laughs> the back of the room. Like he, he got real. <laughs> he didn't want to go like a little bit. Like let me see a give and take. <laughs> no, just go straight just, for overboard. It was just zero to. I wish you were dead. I hope you all die in a car accident on the way home. <laughs> the comedy store. Um, you never com- really hung out there, huh? No, it, you know I I hung out there a few times. You in in the old days, you know, like pre. Pre-sobriety. Um, Gary Shandling days. Sa- Saget would go up there, and so I would kind of follow him around. Oh, yeah. like, we'd get drunk and go perform at the Laugh Factory or the Comedy Store, and so I, they would let me up because I was hanging out with him. And uh, the Comedy Store, I mean, I my first couple sets when I really started doing stand-up were in the belly room. Right. But there or was something show. about the Comedy Store that the, the environment back then, 
I don't know. It kind of bummed me out. Like, and and, and yeah. I was always a little disappointed that I didn't stick it out there because, you know, I think it was one. And I know that stores come back. It's like, come back a, it's, a, a it's lot. Like, it's so it's nice. fertile Warm ground now. now. Mm-hmm. But for a period of time, it was kind of a depressing place. And and uh, and but when I look back, I go, ah, oh, fuck though. But people <clears throat> people who could survive in that environment. Came out strong. Came out strong. Yeah. Actually, I've been here eight years and I've never set foot in the comedy. Really? Place. Yeah. A lot of the biggest problem with it was people said it was misogynist, but I always felt like it was just unwelcoming. Oh, and I women think the are used to being welcoming. Oh yeah. You know, to be tr- to be that's fair, to, never to, to be fair, like, parking, parking, yeah. parking scared me away a lot too. And I know people <laughs> yeah. are going to be like, "That's a dumb reason," but it's no. a, it's the no. busiest part of yeah. it's one of it's the busiest strip. parts of that's Sunset why I would Strip. See Nick at the fucking improv. Yeah. Like, why would and I so, deal with Sunset? What's, you know, parking is like twenty bucks all around there. Yeah. Yeah. And and also far, like it's not right next to the. So it always seemed it always seemed like. Yeah, God, by the time yeah, we go there bucks. and park, and then yeah. Like, you know. plus yeah, we're talking about not being able to buy food or an open mic. <laughs> yeah, you're gonna buy twenty, 20. bucks for parking to go maybe get a spot at the store. But now that I have money and Uber, like what? It's on. Like, <laughs> That's I why you're be, there all the time. I, I remember being in the cover with you. Walked up, and I was like, uh, "Where do I know you from?" And he was like, "You told me where." And I was like, "Oh," and you were like, "I'm way fatter now." <laughs> and I was uh, like, oh, "Did I say that?" Something like that. Ah, uh, that's really funny. <laughs> oh, I was. Slowly becoming self-aware. You were drinking a lot. Ugh, those days. Oh, my God. <laughs> but the comedy store, it really, like, the, the thing that I kind of love about it, and I don't know if it's changed, but, yeah. like, the bathrooms had, like, mirrors and black toilets, like, mirrored. <laughs> everything was mirrored and black toilets. It's the same. And it just, it really felt like, oh, this is what it was. It's not changed it's time since and a place. the golden age of comedy. Like, so many drugs were done in this building. Oh yeah, yeah. In the oh last yeah. Thirty, thirty-five years. There was also all these like mirror top things yeah. for no reason, like a mirror top no, piano for in the back. Cocaine. That, That's yeah. what it was there for. Well, there's all these lines in all of them. There's all these slits. <laughs> these slash so many scratches. <laughs> yeah. those, those now. It's kind of funny to think that. Those should be donated to a museum. Like Sam Kinison did cocaine here. Museum of Cocaine. The museum. Yeah. <laughs> in Phoenix, Arizona. God, if there was a comedy museum, Presented it, by would the Escobar a, family. it would be a fucking bummer. Like the comedy museum would be a real bummer. It would be. Just yeah. there's, a, there's a Dangerfield exhibit right now at uh, the Grand oh, Museum I just saw. Really? Yeah. We're talking about Ronnie Dangerfield? Yeah, Ronnie okay. Dangerfield, yeah. Why, uh, why at the Grand like, Museum? They got one of his suits there with a red tie and like a bunch of articles and like footage of him. Really? I think, I, I Maybe one Grammys. Maybe one Grammys yeah. for spoken word Spoken albums. word. Or comedy. Oh, that's rad. Otherwise, why would that be there? But yeah, it's there right now. Remember when the Museum of Radio and Television came out? Everyone's like, this is amazing. We'll never not need this. And then three years later, the internet came. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone has a Museum of Television Radio in their pocket at all times. We called YouTube. anything. That's <laughs> <laughs> such a bummer. No, guys, I want to go in and find some old Merv Griffin shows on microfiche or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, you really would. You 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 would. You could go in, and you know they had they. But and even then, people would have to donate libraries of things to, to be able to get them. So it's not like they even had access to everything. I went a couple of times. It was cool. Watching it like is old cool. Young like comedian specials. Yeah. It was. It was a cool place. It was a really cool place. Never been there either. So parking. When uh, parking. How, yeah. Yeah. That place. Forget <laughs> it. Beverly Hills. How did you guys uh, get into the comedy store? Did you were you working the door there? Yeah, I I had never heard of it. I mean, it's been my home for 15 years. I had never heard of it. I was looking for the Laugh Factory, which they used to have a show on Saturday nights. Yeah. Live from the Laugh, oh, Laugh wow. Factory Live or something like that. So I figured I should get a job in comedy and then work my way in. I didn't know how to do comedy. 
Where did you come from? Maryland. Graduated University of Maryland. And then I drove out and I passed a comedy store. I was like, oh, go apply to that place on the way back. <laughs> oh, wow. And then I just never left. Yeah. So I, I got a job on the phones, answering phones. Duncan Trussell trained me ah, on the phones. Yeah. He'd started like a month before. Um, and then worked the cover booth and then the door and everything. I waited yeah. some t- a little bit when the waitresses didn't show up on time. I was a manager a couple times, assistant talent coordinator. Built a website, got fired off the website, worked two weeks on the website, rebuilding it. They had lineups from six years before. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> None of these people are even here anymore. I put a wow. link in, like a little link, the size of this, 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 this cap of directions. Just showed a little car. It's directions. <laughs> what is that? Well, people can click on here and so they can find out how to get here from the 101 or the 405 or the 10. People know where it is. <laughs> well, Mitzi, I work the phones and people call all the time for the. Where are you from? Here or somewhere else? Somewhere else? Well, then you don't know. People know where it is. It doesn't take up any space. It's just a link. You don't have to click on it and read through if you don't need directions. Take it down. You're fired. It's not. <laughs> it's, it doesn't exist. It's- it's like, it's like someone arguing, like, there's no room for another sofa in here. Okay, we don't have livable space. It's literally digital space where there's... Just a picture, a photo of a sofa. <laughs> it's put in a book somewhere. That's all. It doesn't take up... I think she was, like, paying by the word or yeah, something? Yeah, she... Oh. <laughs> she made you take down directions. So helpful. Like, that's one thing you would need. Who built a site before that didn't have directions to the place? Was yeah. this when the comedy store was in a downturn? It was in a downturn, okay, yeah. Well, there yeah. You go. She wow. had just stopped coming around as much so the people she passed on a whim were like awful but like she never resaw them to be like what are you doing here right so it was just like and then the, and dice and eddie griffin just ran the place really they would go up for like they would race to get there first so you got to bump the entire lineup off oh that sucks yeah so then the door guys we were fine by 12 45 one o'clock they'd get off and they leave the scraps and we were like cool scraps are amazing i would love those who's coming who's attending these shows at this time Audience members, you mean? Yeah, wasn't that wasn't that full? I mean, Tuesdays you wouldn't even start till like till like an hour and a half late. We didn't have enough people. Oh wow, it's great now though. I mean, you've I don't know if you've seen it, especially. Well, you're partially responsible for the rebirth of comedy. How is that possible? Talk about comedy to a large audience. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I'm glad to hear that. That's what it is. You tell a story about some time you were at a club and something happened. People are like, oh, that seems cool. Yeah, because I, I always, be you know, in Los Angeles, some, I, a lot of times I always think like, who's just going to go out to see comedy on a Tuesday night? <laughs> but there's a million things for people. Why would they go see? I mean, and I say this as a comedian, understanding why people should go to comedy shows. We devalue just, it. Yeah, we do. Yeah, yeah. We do. I mean, I, you know, I guess there are, if you lived in a small town and there wasn't much to do and it's like, oh, well, there's a comedy club. Let's go see what's going on. But I always think like in L.A., on a Tuesday, though, even a comedy—that's a once yeah, every two think, years literally thing. Literally, think about think about the Sunset Strip in your head, and think about the things to do there. It is the Wood Ranch, the Saddle Ranch, Saddle Ranch, whatever Saddle Ranch, Saddle, yeah. Wood Ranch at the Grove, Saddle Ranch. Uh, you might want to go comes down the street, yeah, further down, maybe you know, walk into the Hustler store for a laugh. The Viper yeah. Room. <laughs> it's like yeah. there's nothing to do. Book soup, huh? Book soup. <laughs> book soup's on a great. Maybe You're right. Book soup. Book soup. I lived like, right there, on right next to Pink Dot. Oh, you did for like ten years. Oh uh, boy, when I was drinking, Pink Dot was really amazing. Oh, because they deliver. Yeah, they would just you could, I, they would just make a sandwich and bring it to you. 
You didn't have to leave. What, what, I can't even imagine this you. Isn't that crazy? You yeah. thought that one of the best jokes I remember about drinking. What was it? Here's what I learned this weekend. It's never okay to spill beer on a baby. <laughs> <laughs> well, That's a good joke. From a no, wedding. it's not. <laughs> I don't remember whose baby I spilled the beer. <laughs> it was somebody's wedding you went to. <laughs> I did spill beer. <laughs> did you really? That wasn't like a, yeah. a thought joke. Now I gotta. Now, no, it's true. Now I gotta. Now I feel like I could track that baby down and be like, "Hey, Listen, there's a step I haven't completed with you. Yeah. <laughs> I know you don't remember this. That baby might be like 13 now. Like that baby would be a teenager. Yeah, probably. Probably wow. still has a stain like on his head from where <laughs> yeah. I burned it. Sam Martin. Yeah, that's what happened to Gorbachev. Someone spilled red wine on him. He as was a, baby. a he was a spilled beer baby. <laughs> yeah. Gorbachev. Oh my god, I completely forgot about that. I wonder. I wonder how many dumb throwaway jokes just in the course of sets that we've done went into the ether that, that were you, great. You say it once, you forget, and no one reminds you, and then like you, you, you I bet gone. How much? How much? How much of how much a list stuff do you think? You've lost. I think. I think of of all of comedians, I think seventy percent is lost forever. Wow, that's a really interesting statistic. I would say like thirty, but you think you think it's that high? Uh, but I'm including like, oh, that's a good bit. I got to remember that. Yeah, and, just, yeah, and yeah, that's yeah, not yeah. getting back to well, it. That's so hard not to writing it down. That stuff yeah. goes away. Why is it so hard to remember bits? And why do I every time fall for it? Well, I go, I know I always forget, but I'm not going to forget <laughs> this one. Five minutes later, a dog barks. And I'm like, what? What? Wait, that's what? crazy. Where, what are you where doing? Go. <laughs> where? Where? And yeah, you had the thought, I knew something important was there. Yeah. And you try to do eight minutes on dog barking, and it's like <laughs> nothing. I've committed to it now. I walk around with little moleskines in my pocket. But I, if I'm like, I don't feel like getting it out if I'm in a conversation, I just, in my head I go, just so you know, you're just saying goodbye to it. <laughs> so it's okay, but it's gone. Be comfortable with that. Yeah, don't, don't assume you'll remember. I switch to Evernote. I'm all on Evernote now because it syncs across all the devices. I use that for a while, but then I get on a plane. And even when I get the pro, it's like, why can't I access the note? There's only there's one feature that Evernote doesn't have that's very puzzling to me, which is you can only in a notebook you can only arrange notes in order from the date it was modified or uh, alphabetically. So I can't if I wanted to arrange my set, yeah. I can't make a bunch of notes and then arrange the notes however I want within a notebook, which seems to me a very basic function. Yeah, they're close. They're so you should, close. You should consult for them. I should Evernote. You should uh, consult for a lot of things. I should a lot of things. <laughs> Give me money. No, I like the Some things you shouldn't consult for, I like sports. Sports I should right. not consult for. You have, have different balls in this thing. <laughs> this ball is too, it's too weird shaped. That's strange. That's bizarre. Yeah, How do right. you even throw that? Thanks for your help. Well, What's wrong well, with square balls? Square balls are fun because you never know which game they're going to bounce. This one's predictable. Round always goes exactly where you think it's going to go. <laughs> yeah. I just want to put directions on the homepage. You're fired. <laughs> You're fired. Over, over what? Putting directions on the homepage. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Jesus, I cried after she fired me. She really, like, that was, you were fired. Yeah, she was, but she, I mean, I could still work in the door and stuff. <laughs> just not from the website. I <laughs> gave like 80 hours to a week for two weeks. Did you get paid at least? Yeah. Okay. 500 a week. Well, that's not bad. Yeah, I got the, yeah. I had a bunch of good jobs there. The what? best job there was uh, they had a video room with high eights and old tapes. That, and it was my job to watch the tapes, log them in. They were just unmarked. So old Jim Carrey sets, all these Holy crazy old shit. shit. Yeah, shit. treasure. But I also had to stand right by the old high eight player because they wouldn't repair it and it would just eat these things. So I, anytime uh, I heard, I just stop it and like pull it out with a screwdriver and get it all out and re. 
And I was like, you know, it costs 75 bucks just to get a new player. They're like, nah. You're fired. God <laughs> yeah. damn it. I'm trying to help this place. <laughs> yeah. What was the, what were you doing with all the high eight footage? Just lock, just saying what's on there. And then when E did a true Hollywood story in the comedy store, that's right when I was working. And I was, so I was like, I just got them the footage they needed. Did you save any of it? No. Fuck. Wow. There yeah. must be epic. I was going to digitize everything. That was going to be the plan. Because you know what? It's, there must be a lot of that sitting at the E library. You know what you're thinking? You know what Probably. you think about? It, it, you, you only tend to think of other people, like, like the, the comics that we all love. Yeah. You only tend to think of them in terms of the special that they had or a set where you saw them. Yeah, but their first set, they're working it out kind of things. Those are interesting. Just them as human beings, like wading their way through night after night, set after set. Oh, right. Thanks. Like, fuck, how long is he going to do? Yeah. I want to go on. And you're like, you don't picture Sam Kinison saying that or Jim no. Carrey or wow. Williams or Pryor. Were you at the store one day? Were you, was it, I feel like this was you that told me a story about Doug Stanhope and someone threw a chair at him on stage or something at the comedy store. No. Or he threw a chair at someone. I didn't see that. I've seen chairs being thrown at people. Really? Yeah. What does it take to get a chair thrown at you on stage? Late night booze. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> the combination yeah. of those two things. I guess when it happens, you probably kind of go, yeah, I'm surprised this doesn't happen more often, actually. Taylor, I mean, Taylor's such a... I get lumped in with him. I'm not as mean. My comedy's not as mean. But like, he would say, like, no, the base of the mic stand is really good. If you pick it up, you can jab it at people. It's a really good weapon. Oh, my God. Yeah, but just the fact that he was thinking that he way. He needed a weapon. Just that he was thinking in those terms where it's like, it's like these aren't mean streets, man. This is, you're out of business on the Sunset Strip. You don't have to think in terms of self-defense. Unless an anomaly occurs, yeah. you're usually not going to have to protect yourself on stage. <laughs> yeah. Uh. When did you... Because uh, I think we all kind of go through the punk phase where we just are trying to shock people. Yeah. Just to get some reaction. Some reaction. It's kind of... It's sort of like what a misbehaving child does. Like I think most comics oh, have that... yeah. Brattiness. Period, have that period in their set where they're like, I'm just going to... Just to get something, you know, like they'd rather rattle the audience or gross them out rather than, you know, like if the joke isn't yeah. working. Also, we were bad, so we could easily fall back and like just edgy, too edgy for you. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, nah. no, you're an awful writer and a performer. <laughs> okay, I guess I'm too smart for the room. No, it's no. not a great <laughs> yeah, joke. What do you mean? Yeah, you're too didn't... smart. Why is that the reason for failure? <laughs> That's such a leap. <laughs> <laughs> they, they all went yeah, to college smart. in the audience. No, at just this too smart. Yeah, I don't know. Just <laughs> you, too smart for the audience. All right. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> it is, uh, it is, it, those meltdowns are always the most fun. Yeah. God. Yeah, I don't know when I stopped trying to do that. I just started trying to get better, I guess. I don't know. It wasn't like a decision. I wasn't always trying to shock people, though, but I'm still on that side. Well, you know. Yeah. I've done at, at midnight. Yeah. I like. You know, jokes that make people go, oh. <laughs> <laughs> come on. Come on. Come on. What are you I doing? I don't know. I'm a little darker, I guess. How, so, dark, how, dark, was the, how dark was the special? Not as much. I mean, I'm still lumped in as a dirty comic, but I'm, I'm, I don't really have, I have like one sex bit in there in 72 minutes. Special. I mean, there's some anti like U.S. government stuff. Things yeah. like that, I guess, would be like darker or more like subversive. More subversive. Let's, let's say that. Okay. I don't know. So the NSA put you on a dirty list just to keep, <laughs> yeah. just to keep you down? I think it's just from when I started. People knew me as like a filthy comic because I was so religious that I was like, every time I had sex, it was such a shock for me. You were, like, you were super religious? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, until after college. Well, in college. I went to yeshiva for two years in Israel. Uh-huh. Lived there. 
studied like rabbinical school. Oh, you're Jewish? I'm kidding. Come on. Come <laughs> Fuck on, guys. you, Hardwick. Ari Shafir. <laughs> the Jew. Um, uh, yeah. My people were not allowed in your dad's bowling alleys. <laughs> they could go there. They yeah. just wouldn't want to. Exactly. I mean, in those days. Where was it? Nashville? No, it was in Memphis. Oh. Memphis. Memphis is more redneck than Nashville, right? Um, because well, there's no music influence. There is. Well, Nashville has a huge. Nashville's Nashville's actually more musical than Memphis. Memphis has a a crazy music scene, but yeah. Nashville is like that's where a lot of the country record labels are. So it's it, they have different. That's where they grant. You know, like that. That there's there's different music heritage there. I think Memphis's musical heritage is dirtier. Yeah. Um, but uh, it's you know it's a, it's a it's a good town, and there were a lot of uh, there were a lot of Jewish folks when I was growing up in Memphis. It wasn't just uh, really? it wasn't just like white people and rednecks. Hmm. There were really yeah. So yeshiva is that that's where you is that is that like a personal sabbatical? No, I guess no. it was just like my parents were Orthodox. Everybody in my first school like went to, did that into yeshiva for a year after high school. Study from like as soon as you woke up. Study for like 30 minutes before morning services. What are you studying? Talmud, Torah, the prophets, all of it. All the Jewish stuff. To then just is the goal to is the goal to know it as much the goal as possible? Is to, yeah, to know it. So you can be a pious Jew and you can be a learned and, and member of and functioning member of Judaism. And then what happens? And then you do it all and then you still go to hell anyway. <laughs> because everyone goes to hell for eleven months. Uh, it's just gonna be easier on you if you live better. So you can answer more of the questions that hell throws at you, like "aha," but then this happened. I think the better you, yeah, the better you are, the lower they turn the flame up. Oh, okay. But there's flame no matter. They what. They got to cleanse your soul. At what point? Your soul has to be cleansed to get to heaven. At what point did you go? Eh, maybe, maybe some of this isn't some stuff I believe in. You want to hear about it? Yes. Okay. There was okay. So I'm in a dorm room in in yeshiva. Mm-hmm. My year two, I think. Nope, first year. And um, they had these light fixtures above the beds that you could read by, preferably reading Talmud. Sure. But whatever you wanted to read. And you can't operate lights on the Sabbath, Friday night sundown to Saturday sundown. Um, No electricity. You've heard of that. Yes. Okay. So this light, I was going to take this book. I was going to read by it and take this um, this cup and put it on top of this. It was just like this round light fixture and put it on top and drown out the light so I could sleep. But the cup kept sliding off because it was round. And I started thinking like, Maybe I'll just turn the light off. I can't sleep. The light's right in my eye. Like, I should just turn it off. But my, my window was right by the entrance to the whole dorm. So I was like, somebody's going to see me. I'm going to get caught. So I didn't do it. But then for the next two years, I kept thinking like, well, what was that doubt about? If God didn't want me to turn the lights on and off, what's the doubt? What's the, I'll just turn it off. And it shouldn't matter if a friend sees me. If a friend saw that I just, if you see me stealing, it's not nearly as bad as if God sees me stealing. Right. And then it was like, well, what's that doubt about? And I started thinking like, well, I'll compare it to is like, I believe in my father. I believe he exists. Yeah. So I'm not going to masturbate in front of my dad <laughs> because I'm like, he's a real person that's going to be like, what are you doing? Right. <laughs> but I'll do it in front of God. On the Sabbath? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I'll do it in front of God because I don't fully believe in that. That's really that's really interesting. That it, it was almost that the the analysis of it kind of turned on itself. Yeah, and then I started thinking, like, well, if I don't believe, maybe I just don't believe. Maybe I'm just doing this stuff on autopilot since I was little, and I realized that I just no belief in me. I mean, I don't know. I know you're a twelve stepper. I don't know what you are. I was Catholic. 
was. So do you still believe in that stuff? I just did, I never looked inwards. I just didn't have it in me. There was just no faith. No, I don't believe in the Catholic school stuff anymore. Okay. I mean, it, 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 it is one of those things, and I remember being in high school and really, and really believing in it and yeah. arguing with people who were like, uh, you know... And, and, and arguing ar- with them. Arguing, You're an idiot. Ar- yeah. <laughs> and arguing with people who... Uh, and, and using those standard arguments where people would go, <clears throat> well, you know, the planet's just sort of a cosmic accident. No, think of a tree. It's so complex. Yeah. And how could you – someone had to. Yeah, someone had to. The and, Voltaire has a quote. Yeah. I, the world embarrasses me and I can't believe there's a watch with no watchmaker. <laughs> right. But and, the problem is watchmakers have – they make watches. <laughs> people are like, oh, how do you explain how the world works? I'm like, how do you explain how the telephone works? <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't God. Just because I can't explain it doesn't mean it was God. There's a well, lot of science involved. By the way, I still don't, I still don't besmirch uh, anyone who says how else could a tree exist. I mean, like I don't. I have friends who are religious, and it doesn't. You know, I don't. I don't. I don't understand that. That's no. It's bad reasoning. I disagree. <laughs> In any argument. Well, how else could it be? Is bad art. Bad reasoning. You haven't proven something. You've just disproven other things that you know about. So you think it's more of a you think it's more of a just a, an easy answer to go oh well God did that well there is no proof for God that's the joy of God it's always a leap of faith sure so if you have any proof for it if there's any like well in the Himalayas you can see this thing that's clearly God well why would he make himself evident there and not to the rest of the people well that's usually when people go well it's, you're not meant to understand his ways I'm like well that seems fairly convenient yeah that's an easy cop out. But, you know, again, I, I, still, I still think people should believe whatever comforts them. Believe whatever you want, as long as it doesn't hurt anybody else. Believe whatever you want in the privacy of your own home. Yeah. Don't bring it don't into bring the public it outside. And discourse. don't jerk off on the Sabbath. Are you allowed to jerk off on the Sabbath? You're actually, yeah. You're allowed to jerk off whenever. Okay. Um, they forgot to write that down. <laughs> jerking off, actually, is a, is a bigger sin than having sex with a non-Jew without a, without a condom. Are you serious? Yeah, you're wasting seed. Oh, Yeah. Well, because yes, yes, yes. If a sperm is wasted, God goes quite irate. Because in the early days of uh, in, in in the early days where days where tribes were vying for dominance uh-huh. of regions, yeah, if you, you were you were meant to populate as much as possible. Don't waste. So of course it would it, of course it would benefit a you know a tribal leader to say like if you're not populating and you're wasting seed, then you are committing a crime against this tribe by not growing it. Yeah, yeah. Remember in Balasar Galatska where they said no more abortions? Yep. Early on, they had to like redo redo laws and like hold on. Abortion was cool when we had plenty of people. But... <laughs> abortion was cool. <laughs> abortion was so cool. It was so cool. I mean, I was doing it before it was cool as an abortion hipster. <laughs> I was an abortion hipster. That's hilarious. <laughs> but yeah, we used to do them with these like cool brass. Uh, uh, <laughs> but, so you were you remember when you were con- you remember that you remember pre losing your fa- losing your religion and then losing and it. Post. I so was in Yeshiva University. I come back to America. I was in YU, which is like a split curriculum college, which sounds like YU. <laughs> and then uh, yeah, I just stopped it all right. How, there. how were your how was your family with that? Not great. No, no. My how do you mom, even tell them? I had to tell them I didn't want to go to Yeshiva University anymore. It was a waste of money. And it was like, why am I taking all these courses? Course I don't want, I don't believe in anymore. I mean, right. even Taco Bell. I start. Tell me what you think. So that was one of the first because it was right there near YU. Yeah. So it was a Taco Bell. So it was one of the first places I stopped keeping kosher, and it made me nauseous, it made me sick. I threw up a couple times. Yeah. Is that because of guilt or Taco Bell? 
You know, I maybe a little goals. column A, a little column goals. B. Yeah, okay. Okay. I don't I just don't know. Well also, if you had been eating a specific diet up to that point. Oh, and then and you're introducing a bunch of new chemicals meat or whatever into, was... into your system. Yeah. Yeah, I mean I I, I would imagine because how old are you that. at that point? Like 16, 17? No, I was 20. You were 20? Yeah. God, wow, that's amazing. Like, you made it that far down the line. Mm-hmm. What was it like in Israel? Israel's amazing. Israel was amazing. I mean, you've never been there. The whole country is pretty much made of stone. Yeah. The big cities like Tel Aviv is a giant metropolis that I didn't really get to experience because I was so religious. I mean, there's like nightclubs and fun, non religious shit yeah. you can do there. But I mean, I was all Jerusalem. And that's just beautiful. Up in the mountains, it would snow. God, it was so great. And everyone was Jewish. So there was no problem of finding kosher food. Sure. You had to go out of your way, kind of not to eat kosher. Yeah. And then like you would dance on like the day that the, the Torah was given to the Jews. You would dance all the way from Yeshiva all the way to the, to the uh, Western Wall with like 75 guys singing and praising God. It was awesome, man. It was my first time I succeeded in like a school atmosphere i was always the worst student but then when i got there all i had to do was sit and study there's no tests did you ever think about going back and starting an open mic in jerusalem <laughs> that would not work <laughs> i wanted to go there Rhodes always talks about going there wanted to do a gig there and tom Rhodes. uh-huh yeah but i'm like i gotta see all my relatives <laughs> uh, there's no way i can go there and could you do a them. set in hebrew no, no not anymore i could have then probably except the comedy part except for the comedy <laughs> yeah. Part, yeah but my language has gone way down I mean, that it really so it, to, to see how to see how far to the other side of the spectrum. Yeah, that's. I mean, and, well, and guys like me and Pete Holmes and and Kurt Metzger, like we're the ones I know that were like raised religious, right? And we've sort of rebelled against it. That's what I was gonna say. I'm dirty. I was dirty because like sex was like I can't believe this. So when did you lose your virginity? Twenty three. Twenty three. Yeah. So it was like the biggest thing on my Did mind. Did you throw up like Taco Bell? <laughs> <laughs> threw up in a way, but <laughs> it wasn't like Taco Bell. Did you Bell. feel guilty at all, or were you like, oh, yes, I, yeah, this is what I should be No, doing. by then it was, it was normal. First girlfriend, Kate Hicks. We loved each other. We both lost our virginity to each other. That, there was no guilt on that. Not by then. But what, yeah, told, telling my parents, my mom was upset because I was going to lose like, the like, tradition and the, and the sense of like, community. My dad was like... You're lower than a dog. Really? That's what he said. He goes, even a dog believes in God. Do they though? I don't know. I didn't. I couldn't. I didn't feel like I was in a position the to check him. The Pope said, out. "Dogs go to heaven." Let's go. Let's go. God or no God? Yeah. Oh, ag- agnostic. <laughs> <laughs> Silent. Yeah. So, did you ever repair this with your dad? Yeah. After a few years, he got to like. I think he saw some. Okay, so my aunt had a married into a family and her. Her stepkids, one of them married a non-Jew, and the, the dad was just like, you're done. We're, we're, it's over. He started saying, the, I think he started saying the prayer for the dead. Oh, my God. Yeah. Um, it was bad. So my dad saw that. Like, they would kind of tear apart our family. Um, and then he also started having grandkids. So then it was like, all right. So one won't. Right. Who gives a shit? Where, where do you think people, because I think a lot of times... You know, not not just with religion, but with lots of things. Yeah. When there are contradictory rules, yeah, it it doesn't always make people go, "Oh, maybe this system is flawed because this and this can't possibly coexist." Yeah. They just somehow military people never it. go. I was sent to Iraq on a false mission to you know just because there was no weapons of mass destruction. Clearly, they lied about it. I was, but they have to be like, "No, I'm defending your freedom." 
And it's like, no, that's what you signed up to do. But somebody gave you bad orders and you're defending something else. So you think it's – you think – what can you think of stuff in your head that you were uh, – that you knew was contradictory that you still were like, no, but I guess this because – what I'm getting at is how a parent can go, you're dead to me yeah. knowing that your offspring is you know, supposed to be this – this entity treasure you, thing. Yeah. yeah. My dad didn't quite get like that. He saw that it could be a problem and could be a, like a reality. So we like went against it, but hmm, no, I don't know. The but, only, the only thing I saw was not, not from religion, but somebody told me not to leave a CD on, on pause because it'll scratch up the CD. And I believed that for like 10 years. And somebody's <laughs> like, how would it scratch a CD? <laughs> the laser would just burn right like, through. Yeah, it spins. I'm like, yeah, it just spins, man. Same, <laughs> same rate as when it's playing or not playing. Hey man, it's just going to spin. And I was like, no, but, the scratches. There is no God. <laughs> and yeah. then immediately that's where your faith starts to crumble. <laughs> yeah. No, there weren't that many contradictory things. There's always an answer for it. I was trying to think. There was one thing I remember discovering in Israel, having a real tough time with it. And then having to like figure out what the answer was. Oh, advising my, non, my non-religious friends to stop fucking um, non-Jews. Oh, wow. Yeah. Because if you tell somebody they're sinning and make them understand it, then the sin kind of counts. If I give you a kosher hamburger, but it's really not kosher, you haven't done anything wrong. You right. didn't know. I didn't fault. know. You're okay. scot-free. But if I tell you it is not kosher and you eat it anyway, then it's on you. So it really is about intention and willfulness. Yeah. So if I tell them that it's bad for you to be hooking up with non-Jews, you should be like dating Jewish girls. Right. If they then continue to do it. They're not sinning. So, so their ignorance is bliss equals not sinning, yeah. technically. Yeah. Because no one ever told them. Yeah. And you didn't want your friends, you didn't want to have a boner buzz kill, so you yeah. were like, I'm just not going to I had tell. big rabbis tell me, like, you got to go higher up. I can't give an answer on that. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. It's pretty fun. How do you think most people justify that stuff? Justify what stuff? I mean, like, how do you think they justify around the contradictions? Hmm. Did you ever talk about it with any of your friends? Well, the thing with the, with the, with the Torah is there's, there's, there aren't really contradictions. It's all Talmud. It's all logic-based. So nothing contradicts with each other or it would have come up. Well then, I, then I okay. Then maybe I'm talking about the Catholic Church because there were many things that were contradictory. Like there what? there are many things that are contradictory. Well, it's just like when you look at the Ten Commandments, there are there are places there are yeah. places, and certainly in the Bible, there are places there are places that contradict. And so it's you know well it, it'll be like um, uh, what people command you to do is different right. than what it says in the Bible, right? So, you know, like, love for instance, your, love your neighbor, and then how do you explain going to that region and just murdering thousands of people? Well, and also, um, oh, you went there; they're not your neighbor, right? You come back home, <laughs> you're fine. So, yeah. if your if your parents tell you to do something that's sinful, yeah, what do you do? Because you're supposed to honor your parents, oh right, but then you're not supposed to sin. But if your parents are telling you to do it, you're supposed to honor them. Oh, so where do you? It's exactly how Spock and Kirk got off of that planet with the androids. They tried to outlogic them. Right? Anyone? Anyone? I Mud was the name of the episode. Yeah, but how can you outlogic an android? That's ridiculous writing. Well, you say, Vulcan. listen very oh, right. carefully. Everything I say is everything Spock says is a lie, and then Spock says to the android, "I am lying." And then the android didn't know what to do. Just blows up. And smoke started coming out of its ears. It was a good like time. <laughs> I'm a steam robot. <laughs> if you are telling the truth, then you are lying. But if you are lying, then you are not telling the... Yeah, that's an Old Testament one. If your parents tell you to do something, yeah, you would just go by what the law is and not what your parents oh, Sorry, that said. was Mud's women. I'm Mud was the first you one. You could do, still do it in an honorable way. In fact, I think I feel like I've, I remember studying something like that. I think you have to do it in the nicest way possible. Saying, Mom and Dad, I appreciate... 
everything you've done for me. <laughs> but I so so the rules of the the rules of the Talmud and the Torah are pretty cut and dry. Yeah, yeah, and everything has a has a has a reason to it. Like that, that if you if you accidentally kill somebody, you got to pay their wife because um, you've taken away their income right for the household, especially back then. Right. Um, but if you kill a doctor, you owe them a certain amount of money. Let's say a hundred shekels, and if you kill a garbage man, you owe them like ten shekels. Oh wow! And they're like, "What do you mean? Are you saying life is worth more than other lives?" And so the Talmud is all just analyzing that, and they go, "No, it's not. Lat. Every life is equal, but their cost of living has to be met." So they're used to a certain way of living. How many? Because you know, a lot of these rules were created when our culture was a lot different. Oh yeah, when. Basically, they don't apply anymore, Hardwick. When science and religion and politics were all kind of the same thing, like yeah. the same people were. What if you find a piece of meat on the ground and there's three restaurants and two of them are kosher, one is not kosher? Are you allowed to eat that piece of meat? No one's eating meat off the ground. <laughs> Why are we still studying that? What are you talking about? Is that in the Jewish SATs? <laughs> yeah, it really is. That's like a standard thing they gave the us. JSATs. The JSATs. Yeah. You find a piece of meat. You accidentally drop a piece of ham into a vat of soup. Well, it's I over think, sixty ama. Isn't there an old and you know? Before I get into this, I apologize to any Bible scholars out there who are going to be like, oh, "You got it wrong." Yes, I know. I've not. I've, it's been forever since I was in high school. But wasn't there a? Um, I actually remember my mom cried when because I was taught by Jesuits, and Jesuits were at least the ones that I were t- was taught by were liberal in terms of their interpretation of of the bible and so they we were taught like it's symbolic don't take it literally it just means you know it's supposed to be a series of stories that were told at different times and then sort of sewn together and of course i told my mom that and she was like what am i paying for yeah but uh they told us no they said it's symbolic but it's also stories really happen (laughs) but it's also really happen. but just the idea of you know if you're if your brother dies, you have to then take marry up the, the responsibility wife. of yeah, procreating marry. with the wife. It's like, how do... And, and I'm not asking this in an accusatory way. I'm genuinely curious. The Bible seems to be one of these things that people kind of pick and choose whatever suits them yeah. to a degree. You know, Especially so, with things like that. So it's like, well, if you're going to believe... If people, if people who run around quoting the Bible and go, well, the Bible says this, and the Bible says this, and the Bible says this, and the Bible says... I'm just doing a Southern yeah. accent because I'm from the South. Why do they not... Go, then the Bible follow also everything. Says, like, yeah. okay, well, if you're going to say this, then why are you not fucking your, your brother's garments. sister? Uh-huh. Absolutely. Maybe, maybe they're doing it while he's still alive. I don't know. But, yeah, you're uh, supposed to marry her and give her kids. And don't don't pull out. Don't masturbate. Don't like. Why, why, why is it the one thing where people just they, – they're so dogmatic about the things that seem to benefit their, their own belief system the most but not – they go, oh, well, yeah, well, I mean I don't need to do all that. And it's like, well, but if you're doing it, then do it 100%. Yeah. The reason is because people are afraid of change. That's the biggest thing. I talked to Renazisi's parents and they remember the first cavalcade. What, what is it when all the popes meet? <laughs> I think it's the Pope cavalcade. <laughs> Whatever it is. Pope circus? <laughs> Maybe Pope – oh, yes, yes, yes. It's Country Pope Jamboree. Conclave? <laughs> <laughs> conclave right in the papal conclave the con- yeah. yeah the conclave when they were little and they said they remember the 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 whoever led the services the priest turning around he was either facing the audience or he wasn't facing the audience pre-vatican two yeah mm-hmm. and then they go no no now you're gonna face the audience or vice versa yeah and he goes they remember their parents going this is ridiculous are you kidding me that's no way to worship yeah, because initially the um, just like who cares? initially the the priest was supposed to be essentially the spiritual leader. So he's facing it, forward. He was facing forward because he was essentially the vessel to God, right? right? And so after so in Vatican II, it and then also Latin masses in Latin, 
And then after Vatican II, it became more about the community of the like the the church not just being the home of God, but like people, but the community of people. Like church with the capital C was the the community that was yeah. there. I remember that from the. I was an altar boy for years. Why is altar boy a thing? <laughs> I mean, it was cool. We got to wear robes. We got to wear robes and be and on burn a stage. We got to play with fire to light candles. Pretty cool. We got to drink wine to killing it. We were just killing it. They they can't do their own sh- their own stuff. They need assistance. They Maybe. need assistance. You know, I'm busy. I need an assistant. Right. Maybe my maybe I should hire some altar boys as an assistant. Maybe you should just hire like high school kids <laughs> to just come to hire ten year old boys. Yeah, it was the worst. Got to wear special robes. You got to be up oh, in yeah. front of people. Like you really were, you were a part of the show. That's right. Yeah, that makes sense. Actually, I guess it's just all the abusing the, <laughs> the system. It's like <laughs> why is it still around anymore? Well, I guess I just uh, yeah that 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 one sticking point to me. I would. Love to sit down and have a conversation with someone who is, you know, who is strictly adherent to the Bible and go, well, how come you don't do everything? This thing, this thing, I'm yeah. sure there's a reason, and I, I'm sorry that I don't know it. And you know, yeah, no, I would like to know the answer to that. Like, well, if why wrote the Bible could not account for how easy it would be to get porn. I think right. if they knew <laughs> they that, know they'd be then. like, well, guys, go for it. Here's the worst rule. So if a woman gets married, there's a contract. It's called a ketubah, and you have to pay their family a certain amount for them. So if you had a daughter... Like a dowry? Yeah, exactly. I'd have to pay you however much. Right. Three goats. Let me have your daughter's hand. Unless she was a garbage worker, then it's one goat. Exactly. But if she's not a virgin, you pay less. Sure. Um, and so, I, sure. I, I say that in a sarcastic way, not like I didn't mean that. Like it came off so easy. Well, of course. I mean, duh. You know. So um, if a woman gets raped, um, she's no longer a virgin and she's worth less um, on a dowry system. So one of the punishments for the rapist is he has to then marry the woman. He has to uh, do that for her because she's less valuable. She's less marketable to find a husband with no thought to maybe this woman doesn't want to marry her rapist. Well, what about thought to like put the guy in jail yeah, forever? Maybe that. Maybe that. What about kill or put the guy in prison for the rest of his <laughs> life? Out of here? <laughs> yeah, some of these things just have not been updated. How about, they need cut, update. How about cut the rapist's dick, dick off, off and throw him into the river? Yeah, maybe that should be a benefit for the woman. She gets to cut his dick off instead of having to marry him. But there's wow. just no, I mean, what do you think, just from what I can tell, like, you know. Yeah, nobody, nobody rails against that. Rocks, well, now, now that Rockstar Pope's in the Vatican, like, people are loving the Rockstar, Rockstar Pope. Pope. And he's, yeah. saying, he's, saying a lot of, he's saying a lot of very cool things, get very open-minded law. things. And uh, so maybe that's how change starts. Does it come from the religious leaders? Eh, or is he'll it be poisoned soon. No, he's not going to be poisoned. Listen, soon. that's how the Catholic Church works. We no, poison it, it, you, that's, you just say that because you watch James Bond films and you think that everyone gets poisoned. No, it's not. I'm just talking about just the history of the Catholic Church and the and the, and get, the papacy. Get over, overrun. Someone's gonna. No one's gonna come in and go. Like, a, that was crazy that Benedict stepped down. That never fucking happens. Yeah, there's some shit. Living come pope. Out. There's some shit's gonna come out about that. No shit. Like 100%. that does not happen. A living pope does not go. Eh, you know what, guys? I'm it doesn't done. happen. I'm done being the voice of God. We've on had Earth. senile ones. We have completely senile yes. ones, and they're yeah. like, "No, no, but this one's he's yeah, done. Totally cool. Some shit's so going to come out." Yeah, pope what's John Paul II was like a paperweight near the end. Yeah, mm-hmm. I want to know what's going on with Benedict. It'll That's come out when he's when he's dead. Yeah, you think so? Yeah, it was something it's like gotta that. be something or he directly crazy like covered that. something up. Yeah. He directly added to like, and, he yeah. transferred one rapist to another. Yeah. Tra- well, he did so do that. There, that was a thing oh, that man. happened often. He was but, in charge uh, of that. 
all under his watch, a lot of that stuff was happening. Oh, God. Uh, Such a corrupt system. But then, you know, it's... And that's the other thing, too. I was reading today that there was a... Nobody just steps Mary, down. Mary... Uh, I forget the last name of her. Magdalene. Uh, no, it wasn't Mary Magdalene. <laughs> Good guess, though. But she uh, she got excommunicated <laughs> from the church in, like, 1866 for uh, uh, reporting that the priests were diddling little boys. So she got excommunicated. And then... Uh, Pope Francis just uh, canonized her, made her a saint. Oh, nice. Make up for it? Yeah. Like, uh, hey, well, like, at, least, cool. at least he can do. Well, he seems like a, seems like a good guy. Yeah. But I still, don't, uh, I still don't ever think, oh, I'm going to go back to the... There's nothing wrong with it for me. I mean, I don't think there's anything wrong with the, you know, going to yeah. church and stuff. It just doesn't... I don't know. I don't know. My friend Steve Simone goes... He's such a pure, nice guy, so I hate to like shit on him over it, you know. Right. So the way he does, there's some Christians that are like, okay, if everyone was like you, yeah, that, that'd sure. be an okay religion. There's good apples in everybody. You know, for yeah. me, it just the having if every Muslim was like Muhammad Ali, Catholic, I'd be into it. Having having gone to church up and up through high school, yeah, all through high school, you went to church every week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, wow. I had to too. Wow. Really? Well, in, in Catholic high school, we'd have to go every Wednesday, and yeah. then there were Sundays that I would go too because yeah. my mom was the cantor, like she was the song leader in church. So there was some <laughs> what there was a period a little where I was too going progressive twice a week, and so at a certain point, I kind of just felt like I remember the first time I heard about obsessive compulsive disorder. Yeah, and in my teenage brain, going, okay, so performing ritualistic behavior so bad things don't happen. Isn't that what I'm doing every week in like this yeah. knit seal yeah. knit uh, knit so bad things don't yeah. happen sit kneel stand kneel kneel stand sit say this that seven say rosaries this. My big not six rosaries seven <laughs> I always would say that to my mother I'm like this is ridiculous why are we sitting kneeling standing sitting kneeling standing what is this just get all of it done at once do all the do sitting all the first kneelings. all the kneeling all the standing <laughs> you know what I think happens I think I think if you pass a certain point in your life. There's a certain threshold that as you get older where you just don't have energy for shit anymore. And if you get to that point and you still are go like you're still involved in your religion, you go, you know what? I don't know, but I just go. I'm and in it. Just, I go every I'm Saturday. I'm not going to change now. Yeah. Yeah. But if you fall out before that, you know. You're out. Then you're out. Yeah, I think Unless so. something crazy happens and you have like a, I almost died and I had a vision and, I, and now I go back and I'm devout and I'm spreading the word. Yeah. Did you see that one of those kids that said that he went to heaven when he had that accident admitted to lying? God. Here's the thing. Yeah, he said, yeah, I was just making yeah, it up. Because yeah, he got more up. religious. And yeah. he's like, I, now I feel guilty. Before yeah. I didn't feel guilty yeah. about the lie, but now I do. And but, all the people who followed him, yeah. where, where are they now? Yeah. Did they go, but still, it's still real? <sighs> what do they do? I don't know. I mean, I think it would be, I think it would be really great to feel... Like, oh well, there's a you know there's a grander purpose. Yes, and there's this, absolutely. And there's this, That's and the draw. And and you know it's just it's just hard. It's just hard to think that. That's just, the draw. It'd be amazing. We're that. all here for a reason. Right. That sounds amazing. That and, sounds great. And I think we're probably just not all here for a reason. That's just my personal opinion. I feel yeah. like we're here. We're this sort of accident of nature. You know, well, like the a, why are we here? It's like, I don't know why it's that rock over there. It just is. It just ended a, up there. In, a, in a universe of, you know, billions of stars and planetary systems. It, you know, it was, it's not, I think it's not crazy that in the words of four time Super Bowl winning coach, Bill Belichick. Oh, garbage. It is <laughs> so what it excited is. excited today. <laughs> <laughs> <Garbage>. <laughs> Did he say that? Yeah. That's what he always said. It is what it is. It is what it is. 
But again, you know, I say these things, and I'm not, I'm not shitting on anyone who who has religion in their life. I think that's fine. I, I don't have a problem. I'm, I'm not trying to. I'm not trying to say I'm better than anyone else. This is just what I be- this is just what I have come to believe. Yeah, the nice thing is though, going to synagogue every Saturday. I'm sure it's the same thing for for church on Sunday. Um, it's such a great sense of community, seeing the same people all the time. Sure, sure. Ha- you know, have seeing your parents, friends, and of course, yeah, yeah. how are you doing in school? And little they- uh, Jimmy, he's the yeah. insurance guy at the church now. Yeah, yeah everyone got- that's knowing so that no beneficial. Ma- knowing, knowing that no matter what happens during the week, you have that thing at that specific time. Yeah. Well, if you have, like, we had Friday night dinners and Saturday lunches with a family every week, or we go to another friend's house, but generally all together, and it's like, you can't let a kid get into heroin when you're with him every Friday night. Yeah. You just, you can't lose them completely. Yeah, I mean, the kid's going to get into heroin on Wednesday, maybe Thursday, I'm but just Friday, saying, back as long as he's by the weekend, we're going to keep tabs on him after a while. Well, you know, my mom, my mom is from a big Italian family. Yeah. And so... Gross. <laughs> on Sundays... <laughs> Italian? On Sundays. <laughs> yeah, big. Just Matthew and Matthew. Family. Yeah. Which one? Uh, <laughs> all of it. I don't like big things. All the above. Yeah. Uh, D, all the above. But, uh, you know, on Sundays after Mass, you know, there'd be these huge, like, the great-grandmother would make... You know, and my great aunts would just make all this homemade Italian food. It was very, very communal. I mean, I really, yeah. I, I, I understand the, I understand the draw of it, but it's just, it's the getting really literal about stuff. From like, eh, I don't know if it literally, you know, like when people, yeah, just make a family get together. You don't have to add these fables. And and, grow, and growing up in the South, there's a giant like you're in the you're in the that's the Bible Belt. Like there's. There's a you know Southern Baptist. There's a giant mega there's church. Fifteen thousand ch- people churches, right? And they're they're frequent. It's not just like one. There are many. I want to go to one of those one time. And so, I feel like, uh, and that's obviously not representative of everyone in the South. But that's but that is pre- that there was a lot of that in the South. It's prevalent. Yeah. And I guess I just I, I guess growing up sometimes I just I was I was a little disappointed by some of the hypocrisy of you know, on one hand people going. You know, I'm gonna pray for you. You know, because Jesus loves you. And then, in another breath, say something really offensive, judgmental, or judgmental, or that girl's a whore, or something. Or where you're like, preach, and then you're fucking diddling kids. Yeah, yeah. The same week, probably the same day. Oh, I yeah. mean, I know probably. that's I know that's blaming people and not the spirituality. But I just what it's hard for they me. They fucked to, up the message. That's I the just problem. I just feel like that. I feel like that religion is spirituality plus politics. That it's it is is spirituality with politics because there is power involved and there is you, you know, money like, to build a building. There's controlling people and there's you know like it's I don't feel like it's all uh, all meant to be evil, but I just mean like politics are human interests and and that's why I think religion is spirituality with human interests, like with with selfish human interests, and I think that's why it's easy to get corrupted because there's there's power and there's money and there's control and you know same thing with cops. It's any anything we're like ideally this works perfectly. We just need some people to enforce the law. They'll be <laughs> they'll be we pay for them, so they'll be on our side. They'll arrest us without shoving our face into the ground. Uh, but then you get people. Yeah, and there's no liberal arts majors who become cops. <laughs> so they're fucking brutes. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like what kind of guy are you getting? So it gets fucked up. The idea unless of religion Portland, is amazing. Unless you're in Portland, yeah, then then yeah, then a lot of liberal arts people <laughs> yeah. become cops. Yeah, their outfits are like nine colors. Yeah, they have curly mustaches <laughs> instead of the instead of the little push broom. Mustache. Yeah, I know a bunch of like kids, like people I grew up with that were like fuck ups, constant fuck ups, and like you're just like, what are they gonna do with their life? And then like eventually, yeah. it's like, oh, he's a cop now. It's like that's, what that's who I want in charge of me. That that's fuck up. Fuck, that's what happens. It's crazy. 
Yeah. Like, this kid's never going to do anything. And then, you know, tries a bunch of different jobs, and they're all like, eh. and then he goes and like, oh, And now you're in charge of I'm all gonna, of us? Yeah, I'm going to go to night school for criminal justice and then go to fucking get my... Because uh, with the cops, entry level is, you're the boss of me. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's, no, yeah. That's entry level is, here's a loaded weapon. Yeah. Now here's a fast car. Here's yeah, that Tracy Chapman anywhere. song. There we go. The good. Okay, great, yeah. great, great, great. I'm glad we went for the same joke. But yeah, the same with religion. It's just like you gets fucked up by actual people. Well, that's that's. I, I know it's. You have to go. I have to run. But continue this discussion because I think it's really important for everybody at home to realize that Ari's going to hell. Okay. <laughs> Bye, Matt Myra. Bye, Matt. I just saw your butt crack. That's all right. Okay. I saw him on a commercial. You're on a commercial now, right? No. You're no. The guy with the car guy. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I was with Duncan. I was like, "Oh, that's that's my new type." Now that I'm not doing commercial anymore, goes, "That's Matt Mira. You're doing, you're Matt Ryan. You're doing. That's him." And I was like, "No way, that's him. How did I not recognize him? It's not him." Fucking Duncan. There he goes. There goes Matt Myra. Um, wow, what a what an amazing journey of a conversation this took. I did not expect for us to get into the religion talk. Yeah. I kind of feel like a seventh grader trying to figure it all out. I don't know. I know that's a problem. You want to get an answer, but there's no answers there. No. You trust other people, and then you're like, you get old enough, and you're like, you don't know anything. <laughs> you're just some guy, like Bill Burr's bit. You're just Steve. <laughs> you don't have the, the, the dial up to God. You know, my mom's gotten a lot cooler throughout the years. When I was young, she was very much like, you know, this is all literal, and this is, you know. Yeah. And now she's like, you know what? I don't know what the answers are, but this makes me feel good, and I would, I'm, I'm taking a chance that I'm That's right about great. it. That's great. Yeah. That's great. I love that. Yeah. I don't know, but I like the way it makes me feel, so it's okay. Yeah. That's fine. But when you follow someone up in an elevator because wearing a yarmulke, when they say, what floor? You go, do you accept the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior? It's like, come on. <laughs> come on. This dude. is not making you feel good. Come on, dude. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Did that happen to you? Yeah. <laughs> My friend working at Brownstein's Eidman Law Firm. We were like, what floor? Uh, and they weren't going to any floor. They just oh. saw us with their yarmulkes and followed us. Well, you know where they're not going? They're not going to the basement floor. That's, That's where right. you're going. That's right. That's I'm where going you're to the going. basement. <sighs> going down. They're not going to the boiler room. That's where you're going to be. So, did your parents mind when you stopped like being religious? Um, you know, my mom and I didn't really talk about it until I was in my 30s. Oh. And I was like, you know, I just have a hard time believing that a grand wizard constructed everything. Yeah. And I would get into these conversations with people when I was in high school because I played D&D. So I'm like, well, what's the difference between God and a wizard? And they're like, he's not a wizard. And I'm like, okay, but you're saying he you created less, everything. Less than a wizard? <laughs> Sounds like a wizard, you know. So I would have the God is a wizard argument and yeah. no one wanted to hear. To even have that argument. They didn't even want to have that argument that God was a wizard. And so, you know, and, and, it, and it, it, it bummed my mom out for a long time because I think – and I think it bummed her out in the kind of – unintentionally arrogant way that you know like when people are like it's just that i don't want you to burn in hell or like i but that's what you believe i appreciate that you are looking out for me yeah but you but that's what you think and i don't think you know so i don't know if you know uh. i had these protestants praying for me in college these two girls and it was really nice when it comes down to it they were like i found out like we pray for you at night and i was like what do you mean they're like that that you find jesus and go to heaven (laughs) <laughs> and I was like, what if I don't find Jesus? I'm like, well, we, we hope you will. Wow. And I was like, but what if I don't? And they wouldn't answer for a while. And then finally they were like, I'm like, but if I just never find Jesus and I die, what will happen to me? And they go, you're going to go to hell. Oh, no. You're going to burn there forever. 
And I'm like, that's not fair. <laughs> that's not fair. It's not fair. You had, you had Protestant parents who told you all about it. I had Jewish parents who were telling me Jesus is bullshit. Right. So if there's a just God, you're putting me behind the eight ball. You're putting me way behind the starting mark. Well, there's a, there's a line in the movie Contact where she's having this discussion with Matthew McConaughey. And she was like, I just don't believe it. And he goes, so you think that all these people are just wrong and everything that they believe is just wrong? And I go and I go... Don't use that just because a lot of people believe it <laughs> yeah. argument. How many times throughout history can you debunk the, you know, there's no Mount Olympus? You know what I yeah, mean? Like, exactly. How many... And also, if you want to go by all these people, then it's like, how about look at all the people for all humanity. And a, a lot of them do not believe. <laughs> so those people aren't wrong either. Most of them don't believe in Jesus. And here's my biggest problem. They're like, no, once Jesus, the Indians, Jesus comes. He says, I'm Jesus. You got to believe in me to go to heaven. But the Native Americans didn't find out about him for fucking hundreds of years. So they all just go to hell. They didn't have a chance. Yeah, that's called casino gaming. <laughs> that's their benefit. That's they they their... get casinos. They didn't even have a chance to go to heaven. How could they ever come to Jesus? He wasn't even around. It's almost like you want to... You'd what want an to make, asshole you'd God want to is. Make a laun- you want to make a laundry list of things and go, okay, what I've about... some gripes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so you'd be ready for it. But then, you'd be, then you'd be like Bart Simpson in Sunday school. Like, okay, well, what if a... Ro- what if- what if it's a robot with a human brain? Does he go to heaven? <laughs> Remember that? That lady they drove crazy? Yeah. That Sunday school lady? Yeah. The dog's going to, I can't be over this! <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know. What were you expecting this conversation to be? I don't know. I thought, we, you know, it was nice. We were talking about, I mean, I, I just, I'm, I, I, liked, I liked that it dovetailed into this. Because again, I don't know. I just know what I think, you know. And yeah. what, what I think is that I don't know. And, and, and I'm not... I don't, it's not the kind of I don't know that makes me go, so I'll just subscribe to a thing right. without, 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 really, without really knowing. Well, I'm at two where I'm like, I used to be agnostic. I would start there. I'm yeah. like, I don't know. So, but then I realized that was just immaturity. Right. Being agnostic is like. Being noncommittal. It's, it's, yeah, it's like the guy in college who's like, I'm bisexual. And it's like, dude, you're gay. You haven't had a woman girlfriend in four years. Just accept it. Go all the way. It's fine. Just say it. Yeah. But it's like there's nothing else in my life I'll accept, even an argument for it with zero proof. Right. There's not even a proof available. So why are we even talking about it? Get out of here. What if bears talk? But I don't know. Shut up. Get out of here. You don't know. Fine. I don't. I don't know. Stay at Do home. Do you talk about any of this on stage? Did you ever talk about being in uh, being in rabbinical school? <sighs> I, I. You know what? I tried doing it early on, uh, and it was just I was not talented enough to do it to do carry you think it you across. Could now? Yeah, I taught in my special. Paid regular available now. <laughs> hey, plug it, plug it. Okay, I have a special. It's available right now. It's just aired on Comedy Central a couple weeks ago, and it's you can get it on Ari Ari the Great dot com. One Ari, I just stuttered um, for five bucks, and I have a, a Ten Commandments bit in there about how ridiculous it is when you look at it as a grown up. You know, on what these things mean. Well, fuck it, I'll just tell you. Okay, good. The first three ones is I'm the Lord your God. Then the next sentence is there are no other gods except for me. Um, and then the third one is don't take my name in vain. And after a while, it's like, Hey dude, it sounds like there's a bunch of other gods that you don't want us to know about. <laughs> Why do you keep mentioning this? It's getting really obvious. Kind of a it's a pushy older brother. Yeah. Like you're the only one bringing it up. Yeah. There's no other gods. All right. No one was saying there was. I don't know. I forgot. It reminds me of theology. I was in theology class in freshman year theology class. Yeah. And the way it was described to me by my Jesuit priest, theology teacher, was, you know, 
it was that thing that I said earlier, like, so you have to imagine that, the, that a lot of these stories were constructed, these Old Testament stories were constructed at a time where different tribes were vying for dominance. And, the, and it was very much to the benefit of the tribal leaders. They go, if there's no other, if, if, imagine right. the worst way you can threaten someone and go, okay, so now we're talking about your forever being, right? So this this thing, this story. Well, and then when they finally like wrote everything down, you know, right. years later when they, they, and had they the each had their they, they wrote everything down, and they would basically hold up this book and go, "Hey, slobs, this book that you can't read because most of you are illiterate because huh. most people don't, you know, like most people just didn't read. There was no school. There were no schools. There was no education. You know, it was this book says you better do what." It and by it I mean I say. Yeah. And if you don't, then you're gonna burn forever. How do I know that? Because it says it in this book. But I can't read that book. Well, that's your fault. So but I'm telling you, but we're, we're smart enough to tell you. Yeah. So just so you know, we're gonna make sure that you are safe beyond. It was because it, the point was, how else could you motivate people to you know to give you money, to give you time, to give military service in those days, unless you could threaten them with something that they couldn't, that they didn't have an answer for. Right. Yeah, and also it's forever, so forever. you definitely want that. Yeah, that's why they say that they they charge so much for health insurance in this country. They just bank on it's your health. There's no amount of money you can spend where it's like I'm spending too much. It's like it's your life. Yeah, of course you'll give. You don't care 100. about your kids. You'll give another thousand. You'll yeah, give, you have for, to. You wouldn't give an extra grand for your kids. Yeah. It's your kids. You should love them. So they just keep banking so on. So we're that. gonna jack up the premium. My friend, my friend has cancer, who just came back. It's not a sob story. That's not why I'm bringing it up, but. She has to get um, that radiation treatment. She has to, with insurance, has to pay twenty three hundred dollars each each session. There's four of them in a month. Oh my god! So like, what's why we have insurance if you got to pay ten grand out of pocket? That's so you don't have to pay a hundred grand out of pocket. I guess so, but it's like just pay the fucking bills. Be better with the insurance. You mean? Yeah, yeah. Well. We have like the twenty fifth best insurance in the world, and we pay the most by like three times. Ugh. I don't know. I don't want to get into that. I'm sorry to hear about your friend. Yeah. Um, sorry, she beat it once. She's super positive. So she was lives in Denver. I was just hanging out with her. She's so positive. It's so interesting to see people like, hey, whatever. I'm already way ahead in life. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. And then you see people Bitching in, in our circles nothing. like, man, nothing's going right. Like, yeah, <laughs> everything's going right. You get out of fucking bed every day and you're fine. You I've only got go like to- three guest star roles this month. Nothing regular. You don't. You don't have. To, you don't have to spend. Polly Shore. No, it's not. Poly Shore. Oh, okay. <laughs> you, don't, you don't have to spend ten grand a month on uh, keep, you know on radiation therapy. Every, yeah. Everything is not going shitty for you. Yeah, I appreciate that. Yeah, I have. A, I have a friend who is uh, a friend of his, an ex girlfriend of his. They're still friends. She's going through it too, and he and you know he said he was talking to her on the phone recently, and she was just basically moaning from the pain from oh. the, the the chemo. Yeah. And, you know, and everyone else he encountered that day, if they started to be like, man, today was a really, he was like, no, it wasn't. You did <laughs> not have a rough day. Trust yeah. me, you did not have a fucking rough day. Yeah. Yeah. It's all context. It is. So I think in honor of people who really do have rough days, maybe try to remember that when we're like, they didn't get cell phone coverage on the internet. No, this, no, yeah. that, no, no. Like, yeah, my life that sucks. Yeah. You know what I like to say sometimes? My, uh, my life is worse than Ethiopia. 
I just put it in context. Every time something goes wrong, I'm like, oh, I gotta stop for gas. My life is worse than Ethiopia. <laughs> it's just, just a word. C- clearly, it's not. <laughs> gotta stop for gas. Yeah. My windshield's dirty. <laughs> I'm already like five minutes late. What? You only have the watermelon kazoozles and not oh, the cherry ones? This is huh. the worst. Yeah. This is the worst. I took like three selfies and all of them came out blurry. This is the worst. <laughs> My life sucks. No one even understands. No one even understands. Yeah. So you have, uh, so you have your special, and then your show. You have a show too. I'm so bad at. I haven't had to promote a bunch of stuff like this just since forever. Get it all well, out I have so- it every Thursday night after a popular show called At Midnight, yes. uh, my storyteller show. This is not happening. Airs. Um, it's just comics telling stories. I've wanted to get one Chris Hardwick on for probably four years. I know, and and, and <laughs> I it, I I apologize. All I, right. My 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 schedule really sucks. I want to do your show because. I know that I'll get a new bit out of it because I'll have to tell a yeah. story. That's a motion I talked about early on. He did one like early on and it's like just forcing yourself to do it. It gets like, oh, and then he gets – that stuff goes into his act. Yeah. I've got half my act has started with that. Anyway, I know you have stories. So that's why I wanted you on. No, I absolutely want to do it. You have this weird thing where I was talking about with you before where I'm like, oh, you're going to Vancouver. Go to Whistler. Go skiing. And you're like, no time. Yeah. But you're winning now. You're, you're winning it all. You have to like – you have to <laughs> – I, listen, I am, live the life alone, I am right? taking I am taking more time to take time off here and there. Are you? Just because your brain can't handle never never taking time off. You're not gonna go broke. You're in. I'll I'll be okay. But I uh but I but I also sort of feel like you know I feel like it would be a disservice to the amount of time that the I hard worked work you put in to to get to this place if I got lazy now yeah, sure. and didn't maintain it or try to, and also it's fun. Like it's still chasing stuff is That's fun. True. Like the chase is fun. It's That's like true. once you get something is a moment that happens. You're like, Oh, I had that thing now, Yeah. but it's the pursuit of that thing or the anticipation of that thing. And so you constantly have to be challenged to, you know, yeah. to get super excited. I just think it's a, you know, there's also no such thing. I'm sure you realize this now as making it. It's just you're better off, and you're still trying to get better and do exactly, more things. Exactly, because there's no line not, you hit. Yeah, it, because you also everything's ups and downs, and it's like, well, there's a period where you're making it, and then there will be a period again where you're not. Not right. And then hopefully there will be a period again where you're doing it. I mean, I've had a few, quite a few of those. So you know, I guess for me, I just kind of feel like, and now I also feel responsibility for other people because other I, a lot of people work. Fuck yeah, you got an industry. So you know, we have thirty employees at Nerdist. At midnight, employees about a hundred people. So much responsibility. Dead employees, a bunch of people. Like if I if I start fucking that stuff up, then people lose their jobs. Oh fuck! (laughs) It's not just me. Oh, you can't be like, I'm not working three weeks, you guys. (laughs) (laughs) No, I can't do that. Oh fuck! That's so much more responsibility. I know there was something I was. You've entered into the most clingy relationship. God, that's like okay. the reason I can't commit to a girl. You've done it by, a, by <laughs> 200. I'm in a relationship with a couple hundred people. Fuck. <laughs> Which is fine. Like, I'm totally, you know, that's, that's totally fine. I don't yeah. mind that. But I mean, things are going to go away just because things go away. I don't want to be the reason that that happens. Right. I mean, you know, look, all those people are talented. They would find other work, but I don't want to... I don't want to be the sorry I got lazy or sorry I did something dumb. Sorry I, you know, because it's not just me. Balls. I know. I know. That's why I always get worried about jury duty. 
Why? Because if I got put on a trial, like won't be able to- a ton of people wouldn't work. And I, I mean, I don't mind sitting in a jury room, but then I would be stressing the whole time, like, oh, everyone's supposed to be working and they're well, not here's working. Here's your $5. Split that up with yeah, the it's entire. Like, yeah. I feel like I go to the judge and be like, hey, I know work isn't usually an excuse, but if I don't work, a lot of people don't work. Can I just, can I do community service on the weekends? Can I pick just up trash? Do it somehow. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I kind of need to work. If I don't work, these people don't work. I got a jury duty by getting there and they go, we need you here for a week. I'm like, oh no. Oh, I'm booked on the weekend. I heard it was like two days. And they're like, well, you got to come back. I'm like, yeah, I'll come back, but I cannot do it this week. Like, I'll be out of work. And then this guy next to me made up this excuse. He goes, um, your honor, I, I, I have this problem. My legs, if I sit down too long, my legs get really really itchy um I, i've got scheduled a doctor appointment so i don't know what it is yet but in fact it's happening now already and then i have to stand up otherwise it's, it's, it becomes unbearable and the judge she was like um okay just stand on the jury, jury duty and, problem solved and, and you got to stand anyway well but if i stand then um he just his shoulders just slumped and he's like fuck the itchy like they were supposed that. to be ironclad <laughs> yeah <laughs> So I got my storyteller show. This is not happening. 12.30. Great. Also, individual clips are on YouTube, which you should see. Ari Shafir. Long form. And, um, and I have a podcast called Ari Shafir's Skeptic Tank. Excellent. And um, yeah, I just talk about one subject. It's fun and From interesting. From Yeshiva to Skeptic Tank. Yeah. That's an there amazing journey. Yeah. <laughs> but congratulations on, you know. Dude, you know what I'm glad about? When we're doing open mics, we're still fucking in the business, man. I know. Isn't we're that crazy? still working. That's really crazy. Like to be able to say things like, "Well, 15 years ago, not that, yeah. that," and have it actually. Mean- I should definitely be out. <laughs> Just by the odds against. I mean, I don't want to lump you in with me, but it's like most of us should be out. You know, January is the anniversary. That's the anniversary month when I started working. I started working for MTV January of 1994, mm-hmm. and when I start putting it in in crazy terms, I go. That means a baby that was born the day that I started working at MTV is can now legally go buy a drink. And that math like twists my brain. Wow. Yeah. That's so weird. <laughs> I can legally buy a drink. This was the I feel like this was the stoniest conversation without either of us actually. I was did stone. not get high all day today. In fact, I looked before I left. I was like, maybe I'll get a little high, be okay. I was like, eh, and I just didn't have time for so it. You don't need it to be trippy, man. <laughs> <laughs> it's an all the time. So uh, Ari the Great dot com, Ari Shafir, on, Ari Shafir on Twitter, on Twitter. and Instagram. But yeah. I'm a little off that shit now because I, I got a flip phone. But that's another conversation. Oh, that would have been a good conversation. Yeah. Too late to do it. God damn it. I to get All off right. the train a little bit. Next time. Next time on Nerdist. All right, Shafir. Enjoy your burrito. Enjoy your burrito. Enjoy your burrito. Whatever burrito, whatever spiritual or non-spiritual. One of my whatever favorite quotes. Religious or non-religious or non-denominational burrito. <laughs> Enjoy your that kosher burrito. Kosher burrito, burrito without meat. Whatever. No meat. No no meat on Friday. <laughs> uh, enjoy not having your burrito during Lent if you have to give it up. Whatever the burrito. Enjoy, <laughs> enjoy not whatever. Burrito. <laughs> or say fucking it, it's a burrito. I don't believe in anything except uh, believe in the burrito. Does this burrito exist? Either way, enjoy it. How do I know the burrito that? I'm seeing is the same burrito you're seeing. Is this burrito benevolent? Benevolent is uh, is this burrito evil? Is it venge? Is it a vengeful burrito? Or will it accept? Or at the end of my life, can I just say I'm sorry? And the will burrito this burrito, burrito come anyway? back? Will I shit out this burrito and come back as a new burrito? <laughs> if you eat a burrito on Friday, will it come back to you on Sunday? Quite possibly. <laughs> yeah. um, did Ari's people make the burrito go away on a Friday? Did it come back? <laughs> <on us? laughs> 
No? <laughs> no, I don't know. I think we lost it. Oh, I did. All right. Maybe four or five ago. Whatever you have, enjoy your burrito. That's my favorite thing to come forms. out of this podcast. Is enjoy your burrito? burrito. Really? I love it. When, it. when I was going through my darkest depressions, that helped me. I'm so I'm honored to hear that. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you're feeling better. Thanks. Let's go enjoy your burrito. Yeah. All right. Now leaving Nerdist.com. Enjoy your burrito. Behind every successful business is a story, and some of them might surprise you. Like how Chobani's first yogurt factory was discovered on a piece of junk mail, or how the founder of the multi-million dollar cosmetics brand Drunk Elephant was told by everyone, including her own mother, that the name sounded like a dive bar. I'm Guy Raz, and on my show How I Built This, I talk to founders behind the world's biggest companies and brands to learn the real stories of how they built them. In each episode, you'll hear entrepreneurs share moments of doubt and failure and talk about how they were able to overcome them on their way to the top. How I Built This is like a masterclass in innovation and creativity, a how-to guide for navigating life's challenges from the people who've done it all. Follow How I Built This on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen to How I Built This early and ad-free right now on Wondery Plus.